excellent timing he has on an interesting day. He's a co-founder at DataTrek Research, one of the best compilers of data out there. Nick, thanks for being here this morning. So what is on the top of your mind as we get some much-awaited volatility after months? Now, bears rearing their heads and showing up to have a little bit of power here. Nick, what are you thinking about at this moment? Yeah, I'm thinking about two things. The first is uh, that 1.5% yield level on the 10-year, because that's been the magic level for like 15 years. That used to be the old support pre-pandemic, the 1.5% 10-year, and your new yields were going to go up. And since the pandemic, it's been a bit of a, more of a troublesome zone where we got up mm. to 1.7 in the spring, but then pulled right back down. So 1.5 is like, you look at a really long-term chart on the 10-year, that is the level to watch. And we've been telling clients 10 years, we're going back to 1.5, and, and we're here right now, but we're here faster than we wanted it to be and clearly faster than the market wanted it to be. And then we're also thinking about earnings, corporate earnings quite a bit. Hmm. Nick, I like this 1.5% because we were kind of debating this internally at the top of the show. You might have heard whether or not 1.5% is an impressive level. And uh, I guess by the standards of how low yields have been and the technicals that you're describing in that long-term 10-year chart, that this is an important juncture. There it is. We got it up to 10-year. Clearly that previous support now that had become resistance in our last visitation at this level, what happens if we clear it this time? Yeah, look, I think we are going to clear it this time because I think the inflation issue is a little more important than people wanted to give it credit for earlier in the year. I'm still not a big believer in long-term inflation. I've never seen an aging population like the U.S. or Europe or Japan create a lot of inflation through history, but it's certainly possible. But in the interim, we do have a lot of bottlenecks, and that will keep inflation high, and that puts the 10-year back over 1.5%. That seems pretty clear. We're not going to go back down to 0.7 or 1% 10 years anytime soon. Okay. Nick, what about sensitivity in the market? Are we going to see that speed for the 10-year causes sell-offs in expensive growth and tech companies? Or did funds like the ARK Fund, which dropped into bear markets, already get that out of their system? No, I think the tech stocks still have uh, still have some trouble ahead. And it isn't so much because there's anything wrong with tech stocks. It's because there's just better places to put your money when yields are increasing as quickly as they are. You want to be in cyclical names. We like the financials here. We love energy here. Industrial should do okay. It's not that tech is awful because rates go up. It's just that it's a signal for investors to say, look, the economy is heating up. Earnings power is heating up in some groups better than, than tech. Let's go there. So they sell, sell the tech stocks and by the cyclical names. It's not because tech is bad because rates are going up, it's just there's better places to be. Mm. So Nick, where are the better places? This is, I guess, where the earnings analysis comes into play. What do you see for the fundamental bottom line, the thing that ultimately moves stocks at the end of the day, that correlation to how much money they're making? What sector, which groups haven't already priced in all their future money-making ability, Nick? You know, the, the areas we like, number one, energy. Energy is our favorite group by far. And we like like the XLE, wow. the large cap ETF. We like PSCE, which is the less discussed yeah. small cap uh, energy sector. I own that one personally. And then uh, secondarily, we do like the other, the other cyclical groups. Financials are okay, industrials are okay. But you know, the energy one is that's really getting the one getting a lot of attention and the one we like the most. And with one, a lot of clear upside potential just based on the commodity price. PSCE, great reference, Nick. I haven't mentioned that one in a while, but used to be one of the go-tos uh, that I used here. The small cap uh, E&P uh, ETF that is focused domestically mostly, right? This is like a shale play? 
That's right. It is. It's uh, it's small cap names. It is the spiciest uh, probably energy ETF out there because <laughs> uh, the, the caps are small. Sounds like the riskiest. It is the riskiest, but it's the one that really benefits the most as oil you know, hopefully goes through 80 and back closer to 100. And by the way, you go back in history, and there's not really a reason to worry about the U.S. economy until we get oil to 100 to $120 a barrel. That's kind of like the tipping point for the U.S. economy generally uh, with oil. We had $100 barrel oil from 2011 to 2014, and the economy was fine. So I'm not worried about higher oil prices slowing down the recovery. That's really great uh, perspective. So you're saying we could get to crude 120 before it starts to pinch the U.S. economy? That's right. That is the, that is the historical level. Now, of course, as you said in the, in the other segment, speed the speed of a move is as important as the level of where of the asset. So, mm. if we got to 100 on a geopolitical shock, you know, in 48 hours, that's awful. If mm. we get to 100 by the end of the year and 120 by the end of next year, much more bearable. It's the percentage change. You don't want to see gasoline prices go up by anything more than 40 percent year over year. That's the level where a shock happens. You don't want to get there. I mean, Nick, if you are, uh, if your favorite pick is uh, small cap uh, ENPs domestically, that means you want a ton of beta to the commodity, as you hinted at. So you've got to be pretty bullish crude at this point. How do you uh, get exposure uh, to that and not be over levered to a cyclical ramp up? Like, how do you hedge if you want to have your main position in that small cap ETF? That's a, that's a tough one. I don't have a great answer for that. I'd say if you're worried about that kind of level of risk, totally fair point. I think you go back up the cap scale to the XLEs of the world or maybe even pick a single name that you like. Okay. Uh, Small cap is just, it's, you know, it is a super spicy uh, area. It can be down 5% <laughs> on nothing. It can be up 10% over two days. So you got to live with that volatility. But if you look, look at the long-term, like five-year, 10-year chart on PSCE, you see where it's been, you see where it is, you realize that if commodity prices can stay high, if the industry recovers, then you do have a lot more upside potential. Okay. Nick, great stuff. Really like uh, the specifics there and the transparency on what you like the most. Uh, lastly, just kind of back to the main point here on bonds. As COVID curves are coming down, that definitely plays a role. How does it compare to the role the tapers played? I've kind of made the case, Nick, that I think the bond market front ran the historical drop in yields with taper. What does your team think right now? I mean, if the Fed is serious about drawing things back, is there a limit and an upside to the 10-year yield, or is that going to accelerate at this time? Like, which which one is it? Yeah, no, the, the limit. You're talking about the limit on the speed of the of the of the change. Sure. You know, can, can we get to two percent by year end? You know, the, the the hallmark of this market has been everything moves slower than you think it should. You know, if you think about what people were talking about the taper and worried about tapering six months ago, and nothing happened. Um, but now we have a little better economy, hopefully a little bit better experience with the pandemic. And I think you do see the yield just grind its way higher. It's not going to be a huge set of breakthroughs like it was in 2013 with the taper tantrum. But we do, I think, have the trend to higher yields, and that'll last for a couple of years.